Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Raff and the Meatballs. Today we have Murphy Monreal, Joey Spano, Coach Raff, and our guest today is Mr. Tim Sigelski. So we've been, we really wanted you to have you on today. Just uh, obviously, we have a big uh, event coming up, uh, the open house, and you know we obviously have some questions about that. We also did some research. We have some questions about you personally. So. I think I'm an open book. There it is. So we have uh, Raph want to start us off here. Episode four. Mr. Okay, Mr. Segalski, uh, please, well, you know, welcome again. Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, let's see. Now, this this year we have 389 families registered for the open house versus 250 last year. Uh, a couple of things I'd like to have you address is why the dramatic increase, and then uh, what are some of the priorities or top goals you wish to accomplish with these open houses that you have every year? That is a great question. So um, the numbers you have are, are heading in the right direction. Um, they might be slightly dated by a few days. So I can give you an up-to-the-minute update oh, on our wow. open house numbers. We have 407 families registered for a total of over 1,000 pre-registered attendees, uh, which does not take into account people who register the day of. Um, as you mentioned, that's about 150 uh, registration increase from last year. It is the highest we have on record going back to 2016 when we last had pre-registered. Before that, we had people walk in and fill out a note card. Um, so why the dramatic increase? Um, that's a good question. Uh, would like I need to dig into some more data to figure out exactly why, but we've tried a lot of new techniques and tactics this year marketing-wise to get the word out about all the great stories and all the great things that are happening at Market High. Um, and the biggest thing um, is is we've done more advertising on Instagram and Facebook, which we have not done as much before. We did like basically uh, video ads um, on kind of banners across uh, different websites. So uh, this year, very much more focus on, on specific channels. Um, so I, I'm a bit curious if you've been seeing our ads show up because we have definitely, mm. um, we've targeted mostly parents um, who are filling out the open house forms. Um, but Hopefully students are as, as seeing things as well on Instagram. And we've in the, specifically the thing that we have done more of is video. Um, more video and more reels. Um, I'd be curious to hear what you guys think of it. Um, but you, that's what we've been focusing on. Sorry. Are you, um, I've seen ads on Facebook. Are, are those the ones that you're speaking of? Are you guys on Facebook? Yes, that is primarily because we're targeting um, parents of teenagers and preteens. Um, in the vicinity of Market High to reach those. So if they're thinking about, you know, where am I sending my son, you know, if in, they're in sixth and seventh or eighth grade, um, we want to get on their radar and show them the great things that are happening here. So that's where we've been reaching um, a parent population. Um, you may not be on Facebook yourself, um, nope. our students, no, no. <laughs> which is totally fine. You guys don't do Facebook? No. no. no but is that no. old school? It's yeah. pretty old school bit. by this point. Bit. I remember well, then that's probably why I'm on it. <laughs> exactly. So we got parents and grandparents that we're reaching there. Um, and then, you know, on, on Instagram, we're reaching, hopefully, the student, um, the student age. Um, and, let, and showing them how cool it is to, to come here and what we have to offer here. But my guess is, you know, if you're in seventh grade, you're not filling out that inquiry form to come to open house. So your, your parents are. So we're, we're reaching the parents on Facebook. Yeah. I think I'm doing my role. I got the, you know, the, the yard sign in the lawn. So fantastic. I'm doing, doing my role. Same thing. Yeah. Good. Thank you. I wish I could get one of those. I don't have one. No. Sorry. <laughs> I think we have like literally one left. Um, we, there you go. We, uh, first year ever, we are. <laughs> We, we like ran out. 
Um, so we have one if you act fast and move to the and get you know go the henke and pick up the last yard side. It's got your name on it. I bet I you walk move very fast. Probably walk by every day. <laughs> probably do. And then I'll also be there Sunday working the uh, the track table. Oh, fantastic! So yeah, what are you doing track? I run the four hundred. That was my next question as yeah. well. I did. I take pride in doing a little research on our on our guests more than these two, I'd say. But uh, <laughs> I did find. Let me see if I got this right. Cross country team captain. And the track team captain at Beaver Dam High School. Oh, my God. I don't even know where that came from because, <laughs> yes, I forgot I Is even correct? was. But, yes, back in the day, I was uh, track and cross-country captain So Beaver Dam High School. What was your, like, go-to race and your best times back in back in the day, mm. if you remember? Oh, I, I remember my PRs. Um, probably not as fast as you, and I wasn't as fast <laughs> on the 400. I filled in sometimes in the 4x4, four four, but I did the 4x8. Mm-hmm. Um, my fastest was about 206. Um, for the 800, I did the mile, and my fastest there was a 440. Um, and I did the 3200. I don't remember my PR there. It was mostly just like throw throw them in the last event, see if you right. can score some points yeah. uh, for the team. By that time, I was pretty pretty spent. Um, yeah. But I'd say like maybe about a 10, 10, 20. There it is. What do you, you do for the 400? For I, my best was I split a 52, and I did That's a couple fast. 52 five opens. But uh, it's got some legs. Yeah, I try. Got some speed. Four by four, excited this year. We're try to make a run did you have a preference uh cross country or or track you know it's funny you um you ask a lot of people who do both and they yeah. like cross country um it's you know it's every every um course is different um you race the elements you race if there's like you know you know mud and like there was this past weekend for our cross country team um i actually like track yeah i like track mm-hmm. which is i think an uncommon answer uh, for people who've done both, um, but I really like the precision of track. Um, you 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 know you know what you get. You can't control the elements, but you can control um, you know what your splits are. You right. can really time yeah. what you're trying to do. So I I love track. Um, those those meets are, are can be pretty long. Yeah, <laughs> they do drag on, yeah. especially the four by four at the last last day. So there'd be times I ran the four by eight hundred the first race and the four by four at the very end. So oh my goodness, you're, that'd be a you're long day. Yeah. And the other cool thing, I'll just say one more thing about track um, for the track nerds out there is um, just the diversity of people who do it. You know, in cross country, you get you get cross country runners and, and I love cross country runners, but you get to interact with so many more, you know, students and in, in different, you know, like throwers and hurdlers and jumpers and distance runners and sprinters and you just get this cross-section of all different types of, of people um you know we have a great wheelchair athlete as well in gianni um and i think yeah. it's just really cool to see no matter where you're you're at what you think your skills are you can you, there's something for you in track right so i did some research as well actually right. so congratulations first one, first one from earth i guess so i was wondering where you get i read some of your articles and some of your stories where do you get your inspiration for your, some of your articles and i saw that you know, some you reference your kids a lot. You reference, you know, your, you know, watching movies with them. So like, why, why some of those, why some of those movies, those children movies, why does that correlate into your stories? I love it. The research on this podcast is unprecedented. Seems like a research <laughs> assistant um, for all the, all the you're, you're digging into the archives. Um, so I think you kind of nailed it with you know what's going on in my life. Um, so I've been I, I was actually a journalism major at Marquette University. Um, and my first love is writing and they teach you when you're a journalist and you're a writer is write what you know mm-hmm. and do research. And, and so, um, you know, for me often is, is like, what are, what's going on in my life with my family and my kids? I have, um, a 13 year old, a 10 year old now, um, 10 year old just has birthday this past, uh, weekend. 
Um, and so as, as you've noticed, like they were, you know, especially growing up, they're getting a little older now, but we're into a lot of Disney and Pixar movies yeah. and they would watch them probably with a little bit different lens, uh, than I did. And I would watch them and be like, oh my God, there's like some really deep messages here. Yeah. Not that, you know, they don't see that, but, um, I just dug a lot deeper to, to see, you know, where did some of this stuff come from? And, mm-hmm. um, it's, there's some just really timeless, you know, myths, um, that Disney and Pixar update. And I was just very inf- interested, especially if I, if I saw Frozen for like the 20th time, what yeah. else can I take from it? Um, and I, I, I absolutely love Pixar movies because I think they're so well written mm-hmm. in my family. Um, and I've, I've been to Disney now um, multiple times to just, you know, nerd out on, on the culture that is um, Disney movies and Disney writing. Yeah. So that's kind of my inspiration. Yeah, I saw one of your quotes in one of your articles. It was be clear excuses after the fact can justify failure mm. and i just kind of hit home could hit home with me it was just it kind of the assembly we just had it was mm. you know i kind of saw that you some deep messages deep messages yeah <laughs> um so i think we'll get onto our segments now and um we'll before i say that i don't want to bust your bubble but there you aren't the only author here oh mr, mr. raffaelli yeah is a children's book author isn't that right one book Dogs don't have pockets. Dogs don't have pockets. <laughs> 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 Children's, <laughs> Children's <laughs> book, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, well, well read. It has yeah. meaning too. That's I have to find that. This is can't get oh, it. Uh, yeah, we have a copy. Yeah. So I do have a copy. Okay. I signed edition as well. You said, yeah, I didn't sign it. I learned how to write. Also, there it is. Fantastic. I'm, I'm. I, I need a copy from the author. <laughs> Probably not quite as in depth as your writing. <laughs> there's sen- a message. It sends there. a message. There's a message. I think there's a message. Deeper meaning. All right. So now we'll go on to our first segment, which is Mount Rushmore. So mm. what is your Mount Rushmore of children movies? Oh, my goodness. Boom. Um, all right. So like four or five? Yeah, four. four. Mm. Mount Rushmore. All right. So my favorite Pixar movie is Monsters, Universe, Monsters yeah, University. I feel like one. the yeah. sequel is actually better than the original. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I still teach um, as a professor adjunct professor at Marquette University, and I use that one. There's some, a scene in there that's just, it gets me every time. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to keep going with sequels. I really like um, Frozen 2. I like Frozen 1, but I feel like Frozen 2 has yeah. like some deeper, um, deeper meaning as the, you referenced the, the line that actually came from Frozen 2, um, has a really good message of refusal of the call, which is a hero's journey. Um, kind of uh it's when you we resist what you think like you're you're meant to do or what you're meant to do you don't think you're good enough but then you go past that hurdle um hmm man i love the toy story what are they on four now yeah so it's hard to pick just one um i saw toy story four with my kids and i cried as a blubbering mess like at the end of that (laughs) um I, i mean they're all good i like we'll go since we're on sequels i'm gonna go toy story two um and then I'm gonna I'm gonna go Inside Out, mm, which is yeah. uh, I'm gonna break the sequel uh, streak here. I think Inside Out's a really good one to show kids how to deal with their emotions, um, how yeah. to be in touch with their emotions. It's it's yeah. a movie that is about you know not just like um, you have these emotions, but like when you don't even recognize what emotions you have. And I think that's really mm-hmm. an important part of growing up is like recognizing um, the, the importance of every emotion, not just like, you know, happy, (laughs) there's this like joy and it's like, Oh wait, there's actually a a place for every single emotion. And I think that's Uh, really important. Not just like anger, like Murph on the football field. (laughs) (laughs) There's other ones. I mean, anger plays a pretty critical role in the, I'm not, no spoilers, um, in, in, uh, in a key part of that movie. Um, so anger, 
You know, if you have to use it on the football field, use it. Use it when you can. All right. Our next segment is the Marquette Highlight. So I know you've been here for a couple of years. Um, started at Marquette U. I know you went to school there, mm-hmm. right? Uh, journalism. Yep. I found that. And then you're the director of social media at Marquette U for a while. It was, yep. 16 or something years. Mm-hmm. There it is. So the Marquette highlight is, do you have a favorite uh, moment or one that stands out at Marquette High School mm. um, that just kind of stands with you, sticks with you? Mm. So I'm, I'm pretty new to the Marquette. Yeah. high school community. I've actually right. been here maybe eight or nine months, um, but I was at Marquette U many years before that. And so I feel like in some ways it's very familiar, in other ways it's it's very new. Um, the thing I would say, and I don't know if this is a specific moment, um, the thing that I recognize about this community is it's so tight-knit, and people, you can tell they'll be friends for life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you meet people here. Um, when I first was introduced to, when I came to Marquette University, I didn't grow up here, both my roommates freshman year went to Market High. Hmm. And I was like, you guys really like your high school. Uh, <laughs> very, very prideful. Uh, and, and, now, and, I, and I soon realized why. And I thought I realized why. And I realize it more every day I'm here. Um, so I, this sounds you know, kind of cheesy. But on my first day here, I texted my wife and I said, I love it here already. Yeah. And that has been very true every day since there's, you know, there's certainly challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about this place is, is just such a tight-knit community. Um, and that... It's not one moment, but it's definitely seeing the support um, in the, the the brotherhood for everyone is yeah. the coolest thing I've seen. Is that part of the reason you made that transfer from the university to over here? Yeah, actually, I had um, a, a detour um, slightly for a little while. I worked at a, a Sprecher Brewery in mm-hmm. town, and I left Marquette after 13 years um, thinking I was, you know, I just needed a, a, a change of pace. It was, you know, post-COVID, and... Jesuit education wasn't done with me yet. And I thought I, I was. I'm like, I'm ready to move on to the next, you know, kind of things in my career. And when I saw this role had opened, I was I just felt compelled. I just felt called to, to come back here. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, my son's name is Xavier, which is, you know, a very Ignatian name. And so I think the, the writing was on the wall that <laughs> I had to go back to Jesuit education at some point. So good question. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we're glad to have you here. Uh, I know it's only been eight or nine months, but it seems that you've uh, fit in quite well with the uh, faculty and staff and everyone else here. Well, thank you. Uh, so now we're on to our one final thought segment. First, again, I'd like to thank the Meatballs, and they really uh, outdid themselves this week with their uh, research. So mm. things are looking up in that respect. Appreciate it, Rob. Also, like to, also like to thank Mr. Mussolini for spinning the dials. Of course. And then a little disclaimer here. As always, due to our budgetary concerns and fiscal constraints, our guests receive absolutely nothing for appearing on the show. Uh, We did almost have a sponsor a few weeks ago, a local law firm, but uh, those negotiations have since dried up, and we'll uh, continue to work on that. Mm, Of course. But uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll just keep keep grinding at it and see if we can get us us a sponsor. Okay, I have one final thought. Our question comes from Milton Morrison from Mondovi, Wisconsin. Milton. Milton Morrison, yes, Morrison. that's correct. There it is. Mr. Sigalski, who is your favorite professional wrestler? <laughs> oh, man. Um, that is a really good question. Does this person know me? This feels... Um, so I, lo- I loved wrestling in the growing up. You know, I think I, research. Yeah, someone did. <laughs> um, I, you know, so growing up, my favorite wrestler was Bret the Hitman Hart. Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, 
and I, I can't say I, it, it's changed a whole lot since then. I like, you know, I like that whole era. Um, wasn't a huge Hulk Hogan fan. You know, he dominated um, <clears throat> kind of the eras almost before and after I watched wrestling. Um, but I would say Brett, Brett the Hitman Hart, number one. Um, close uh, second, The Undertaker. Undertaker. Oh, yeah, The Undertaker was a scary guy. The coffin, come out of that coffin. Yeah. Scared yep. the daylights out of me on a Monday Paul Bearer, oh, man. Oh, Paul Bearer is another he, one. He knew yeah. things were, were, were bad when he's Paul Bearer is, you know, bringing the urn up the yep. up the crowd. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a trip down memory lane. I appreciate there the question, is. Milton. Thank you, Milton. Thank you, Milton. So I believe that will finish our fourth episode of Raff and the Meatballs. We want to thank you. Mr. Zagelski, uh, thank you, Raph. Thank you for everything you did, thank you. all your thank research, you, of course. Thanks, Joe. Of course. of course. That was a good one. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone.